So the second most important uh, place, it doesn't mean it's secondary importance, it means the second one in the list of places we locate and establish sati is on Vedana feeling. Vedana is the degree of agreeable, disagreeable or neutral feeling. So this is distinct from emotion, although emotion is one of the results of feeling and emotion also stimulates feeling. But it's just slightly different. Emotion is sankhara. Feeling is just the degree of pleasurable, non-pleasurable, distinctly irritating. (laughs) That fluctuation. And this is particularly important because it links the body which experiences feeling and the citta which experiences feeling. So in a way this brings the whole our, our entire living reality together. Living reality is headed by feeling. That's the, where everything that, that we act upon or motivates us or what we experience is comes through feeling. If there's any contact, there's some kind of feeling. And this can be extremely refined. So the Buddha says even when one establishes right view, there's a feeling. It's not passionate, it's just something that's something impact and there's a little shiver. So what is it that feels? What is this very you know, we get very much involved with the degree of pleasure or displeasure. What what happens when we feel something? There's some shiver, isn't it? It's a tremble, there's a kind of movement of some kind, yeah? Impact. Obviously something very unpleasant, we get a very strong impact that pushes us back. Something strong pleasure, we get a strong push that pushes us forward. So the heart leaps or shocks, or recoils, or stiffens, something moves. What is it that moves? (laughs) Well, we can continue adding more and more words, but just we sense if it's moving, it's energetic. (laughs) Energy means movement, vitality, right? So it's something's moving, it's energetic. So this is the medium of energy, of energetics. Doesn't mean power, it doesn't mean muscle power, it just means things are dynamic and moving. Uh, This means they can shift and change very quickly because they are dynamic. That means they come in waves because they're dynamic. The sea is is an energy in water, isn't it? So it can come in a huge wave and then the wave breaks and get a long after effect. So feeling is of that nature. It can come in waves. Sometimes the waves come very quickly. Sometimes you get a tsunami. And sometimes it's just a ripple. And it's this rippling effect. Yeah. And if the initial impact ceases, you get the impact bang and then the wave forms. No more impact, the wave dies down. That's, that's the way it, it goes, that's the way it happens, isn't it? <coughs> but this happens very quickly, so uh, the way, <laughs> as a system gets involved in that, it's rather like we drop a rock in the water, the water shakes, so we get upset about it and throw another rock in there to make it quieten down. That gets more. Then we get throw lots and lots of pebbles in there to try and calm this effect, and stop it happening. You get more and more waves because <laughs> you don't want the feeling. 
Well, not wanting the feeling is a feeling. Aversion. There's feeling, but it won't. It kind of dies down, but you keep whipping it up again very quickly, very immediate impact. And if this escalates, so one can extremely turbulent energy. Now, of course, it doesn't just stop there, because where does this impact come from? So where the sense consciousness, this feeling, Buddha said, wherever you have sense consciousness, including thoughts, impressions, it's always conjoined with feeling and perception. Always conjoined with feeling and perception. Right? Feeling and vedana. You see something, yeah. hear something, touch something. Now the interesting thing is. The eye, the visual organ itself doesn't impart the feeling, it's the mental impression. Beautiful. Ah, that gets the feeling. Disgusting. That gets the feeling. Visually, the eye just sees colors. But the mind interprets that as called perception. Sanya. It happens so so bound up we don't really notice it. We think a rose actually is beautiful. <laughs> Strikes us that way, perhaps. <clears throat> but I imagine if you grew th- if you were someone who grew roses like a cultivator and you grew thousands of roses every year every day you had fields and fields of roses you had to spray to keep the pests off you, know, you had to look after make sure they didn't get pests growing on them you had to water them you know? You have to make sure they grew to perfection so somebody buy them. You probably see a rose and feel, oh, I'm fed up with roses, I hate them. Because <laughs> <laughs> you probably notice this one is not quite as good as that one. This one isn't perfect. That one was perfect, was changing. Petals are wilting, you know? So where's the beauty? It's a very fragile quality, isn't it? Dependent on our attitudes, dependent on how we measure and judge things, you know. How tasty is a mango? Mm-hmm. One mango, very tasty. Ten mangoes, not so tasty. Hundred mangoes, sickening. <laughs> how tasty is durian? Some people, oh, yum, yum. Other people, disgusting. <laughs> So, what is it? Does the tongue do that? <laughs> no, it's the, the mind does that. But it's not the thinking mind. Thought is only one aspect of mind which is abstract. Numbers, 5, 10, 25, these are abstract. Yeah. Names, places, these are abstract. Perception, is more like an impression that carries a feeling. Yeah? So we have this impression, something like we know the word beautiful, tasty. Um, so we get a sense that feels, so perception feels. Six doesn't feel good or bad or anything, <laughs> just six. <laughs> it's completely abstract. And the mind can do that, but it can also, more significantly, uh, create or generate or carry these little bundles of feeling in it. Carries a bundle of feeling. 
And that, so that bundle of feeling, beautiful, tasty, carries that along and it plants that in the jitter, in the jitter. Oh, why is that? Because this is essentially how we learn. Yeah? The jitta by itself doesn't really belong in the sense realm. It doesn't really belong here in the sense realm. Jitta comes into birth, it has to establish what are called the aggregates, which one is sense consciousness, comes into this manifestation, into embodiment. In order to be in embodiment, it's got to be able to navigate in the sense world. So it puts out this stuff called sense consciousness to what's going on. And the immediate first impression, sense content goes pleasant, painful, pleasant, painful. Yeah? That's what it means. So then we go away from that, get a hold of that. And then you see a little, tiny little baby, they learn quick. Yeah? And then they begin to recognize after a while, oh, that face means mother, happy. That movement of the lips means smile, means happy, good feeling. Yeah? So you carry that little bundle, smiley face, good feeling. Yeah. So when you see a smiley face, you get good feeling, and then you go for it. Yeah, and do that, which is not, ah, uh, yeah. But you get a lot of smiley faces that are not your mother, a lot of smiley faces that you can't trust just because the lips move. <laughs> you know? But it's a very attractive sign. Very attractive sign. If you see the, I'm noticing all the advertisements for watches and clocks. If you look at any advertisement for a watch or a clock, never seen them? All, every watch or clock, it doesn't matter what it is, the time is always. 10 past 10 because it's that sign which is the smile now if it was you know 25 past 7 no one would buy it because that's depression (laughs) and you know the clock is not smiling at you (laughs) but still the sanya just a little bit, just a little suggestion of some, you know, of uplift. At least, you know, not 25 past 7, which is, oh goodness, you know, flat down. <laughs> or noon, 12 o'clock, too tight. <laughs> Strong, everything's straight, constricted. Want something a little bit spacious, uh, I'm going to live. Ten past ten for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's generally about eight minutes past ten, just to make it slightly, slightly irregular. Yeah? You look yourself. You wonder why that is, huh? So this is the power of it. You look at advertisements, anything from toothpaste to nuts and bolts, the computer programs, everybody is smiling. Well, those, and those advertisements, they look so happy to have a detergent in their hand. <laughs> Happily washing their clothes. <laughs> you know, it touches the heart, you know. We all know that that sanya, it carries that, doesn't it? You yeah. see signs we call, you know, then this is a very immediate sign. There are many of them. Things that indicate comfort, relax, soft, soft light, soft textures. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, see advertisement, somebody sitting in this soft, soft couch, Relaxed body, glass of whiskey, soft light, you know, 
gentle smile on the face, and, oh, it looks really sublime. <laughs> oh, the whiskey's poisoning your liver. <laughs> So you learn a lot when you look at advertisements, you look a lot about sanya. <coughs> you realize uh, this is all fake, or can be fake. So we, we recognize we need to really understand the power of what sanya brings. Because <coughs> this, this means that though we find bodily feeling extremely uh, penetrating and challenging and moves us around nothing moves us so much as mental feeling there's this perception based feeling which moves us around a lot Whatever it is, whether it's fake or real, it just get the chitta just gets the feeling, and it, the waves move. Yeah. And this establishes the sankara, means there's a particular pattern that comes out of that. Okay, a particular track gets established. And after a while, that track gets fully established till you can only go down that track so for example I use the example say you know we're in a forest and there's you know looking around where's the where's the how do we get through here we see a little bit of, a little bit of grass is trodden down perhaps a deer went that way so maybe it goes through there it goes through there yeah this goes there so every day you go through that track eventually the path becomes established you get bigger and other people say oh there's a path there I'll go down there so they go down it path gets deeper and wider then somebody thinks I'm going to ride my bike down that so the bike goes down it maybe I'll put some stone down to make it more firm and so you get the stone down there then you get the concrete then it gets wider then they drive a car down it becomes a highway six lane highway you get on that highway you can't find anywhere else to go because you use a vehicle that can only travel along that highway so your experience of the forest is just wall, you know, background and you, all you can do is travel down a highway because the car can't go off the road this is similar to Sankar we start off with something we get a feeling that would be good we go down it oh yeah and then go down it again other people go down it we build it up eventually we can't get off it because we get to adapt to only being able to follow that same track <coughs> right. now I'll take a very simple example you know say when I um first became uh, uh, entered a monastery it said oh you you know you, you come here it's all free stay as long as you like all free but you kind of need to eat in the evening said, why not what's wrong with that oh it's renunciation well, don't like the sound of that <coughs> it means you can't get what you want I definitely don't like the sound of that <laughs> doesn't sound like a really attractive thing at all so then you know first of all you think you can't looking about five six o'clock there's the dinner you know something to eat nothing there so you're thinking about dinner dinner how long is the next meal before I get the next meal I've got to wait another ten hours at least for the next meal See, your mind goes on about dinner, 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 food. Oh, my belly's hungry, screaming, agony in my belly. Oh, no, I can't stand it. Wow. You know, you've adapted to a particular track. Now you can't get, can't operate off, can't get off it. Or people smoking, you know. Smoking cigarette 
smoking a cigarette because it gets rid of my anxiety or my nervousness, so I smoke a cigarette. Have another cigarette. Gets rid of my anxiety. I stop smoking. I feel anxious. Didn't get rid of my anxiety. It just suppressed it. But I can't get off the track. I can't live without it. If I have no cigarettes, I just start to fall apart, get upset. You know, my fingers start reaching something. When you look at it, and the cigarette pack says, "This will kill you. Destroys your lungs. <laughs> Cost you." you know, so many dollars to buy this pack which will kill you, destroy your lungs, send you mad, make you sterile, light up, smoke. Because <laughs> you can't get off the track, you know. <laughs> so sometimes you just got to kind of like just get off the track and get uncomfortable <laughs> and eventually adapt. You know, get your legs back. Yeah. Cars can only go that way, but I'm not a car. I've got legs, you know. So a human being, we, we can get used to anything. It just takes a bit of persistence. But that, those tracks get it very strongly established. Yeah. So when that track gets challenged, we feel very nervous and anxious, get obsessive. And the Sankara then shakes his agitation and then he gets agitated. The results of Sankara as they establish and get embedded, they establish a mind state. Yeah. So Sankaras are first of all dynamic, they move but as they get fully established, they kind of solidify into something called a mind state. It means you've got a definite locked disposition. I have to smoke. I have to have this. I am this. I am that. Yeah. And then we identify with it. So you're driven down that highway, eventually you drive up down that highway so many times you build your house on it and call it mine. <laughs> Because I go up and down it all the time, so it must be me and mine. <laughs> think, well, how did it get here? Um, <laughs> if it's me and mine, where did it come? Where, how did you create it? Um, if, you, if it's me and mine, if it's yours, you know, uh, where did you create it from? Um, no, it's born out of sanya. Sankara, it becomes myself, becomes myself. We get these kind of crystallized, solidified Sankaras, become habits that we keep referring to, that we call our identity. I'm an intellectual, I love reading. So that becomes a habit. It's not bad, but just anything that locks into a habit becomes myself, my identity. And the result is that identity which has been created by feeling, perception, sankharas <laughs> and habits becomes the thing I continue to refer to as a basis as a refuge, as an orientation, as something to guide me, guide my citta through the results of this process. Right? And this process wasn't started by wisdom and compassion, it was started by feeling. A feeling is not morally wrong or bad or wrong or evil, it's a feeling. Where it starts to go uh, into difficult territory is when it becomes a sankhara, because when it becomes a sankhara, it becomes an energy pattern that formulates our behavior. And then the behavior starts to be affected by this sankhara 
And that sankhara determines irrespective or with lessening perspective of the results of the actions. So if we're driving our car down the highway, highway's okay, car's okay, look at how much destruction was necessary to build the highway. Look at how much pollution is getting created by the highway. How much oil is getting burned up because of that highway. We don't think of it like that. It gets me to work all the time. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, when you begin to look at the results, generally there's mixed results. Some good, not some not good. Yeah, but everything, all these sankharas, as we act upon them, these are the source of karma, cause and effect, that will have effects on ourselves and others, as we see by and large in the world. Yeah. Highways are not evil. But look at all the trees and that got cut down, the birds that got disturbed, the animals that got deprived of their habitat so we could get to work on time a bit quicker. And what were we going to do at work? We were going to sit behind a desk and play with numbers and get some numbers put in our bank account so that next time we go to a store we can ask those numbers go into the numbers that the store has and they'll give us something to eat. Because <laughs> you can't eat the numbers. <laughs> and the numbers don't mean anything. <laughs> They're just numbers. But, but they have the power over real things. They have the power. The numbers control the real things. The living things get controlled by the numbers. Human beings get controlled by the numbers. The numbers aren't real, they don't care. They don't live, they don't die, they're just numbers. But they control beings who feel, who have pleasure and pain. This search for love and freedom get controlled by the numbers. So they have to give up some of their love and freedom for the sake of the numbers so they can survive. Mm. Not so good. Nobody's done anything evil. Nobody's acted with cruel intention. They've got something that's deeply clouded with ignorance. Obscured by ignorance. If you look at the end results, the end results are ignorance, ignorant behavior, ignoring you know, the consequences of this particular way of life, ignoring the effect it has on the heart when we're driven chasing numbers, worrying about how many numbers we have in our number bank. Because I don't have enough numbers, when I get old, nobody look after me. So numbers means love. Really? Nobody look after me if I don't have enough numbers. Isn't that cruel? You know, if I got plenty of numbers, someone will love me. How cruel that is that we've given our our wonderful, sensitive, intelligent, caring nature and to be dominated by numbers that nobody owns, don't mean anything. We give some people an enormous power because they've got big numbers. This is kind of sadness of the human condition. Crowded by ignorance. What's not what's not been seen? These five aggregates. 
the particularly the active ones feeling perception of sankharas not been understood they've been blindly adhered to as truth as reality as truth and it just moves it just moves no final substance and no final entity no final reality just movements so when we kind of recognize this and you know we trace the process back to how we act and how feeling affects us particularly this mental feeling, feeling derived from perceptions. There's obviously sensory perceptions, then there are ideological perceptions such as security. Oh yeah, I want security. That num that word, big thing. Security, safe, solid, permanent, lasting. Let some numbers in the bank, I'll be secure. I wouldn't experience no pain. <laughs> I would never die. I'll be loved forever. <laughs> you know, you get these uh, kind of care homes for elderly people. They're all looking happy. 85 years old, happy in their security place. Yeah. Doesn't mention the fact that their livers are rotting, their brains are going, they're falling apart. Where actually what's needed is not security but love. We're using word like love. That's another nice word. Love is what? Love is romance. Love is passion. Love is excitement. No, it isn't. This is just glitter. Yes. There's no depth to it. Love is compassion. Love is goodwill. Love is appreciation. Love is generosity. Love is forgiving. <laughs> love is accepting difficult things without getting caught in aversion oh yeah translated something more where the heart is reaching something real in its in itself not on some advertisement so many of these um, Words, you know, you see politicians they use them all a lot. Welfare of the nation. Oh yeah. Well, I'm the nation. <laughs> it is kind of things that people come up with, uh, things that threaten us and frighten us. The enemy, the foe. Well, oh, he gets frightened. So he's very. These are just words, aren't they? But the perceptions they carry these feeling packages that pop land in the heart and then things start moving. So we contemplate that feeling. Okay, everybody, we're not having any dinner today. Cancel the the midday meal, forget it, cancel good, develop renunciation, heap up a stack of parami, let go of your midday meal. <laughs> Practice meta <matter> instead. <laughs> and Samaja did that once, only once. <laughs> the feedback was not good. <laughs> So even the idea, you know, it's just an idea. <laughs> you see the shivering, right? Yeah. Just notice how much of it occurs. Oh, it's too hot, it's too crowded, it's too early, it's too late. It's not this, it's not that. It could be better than like this, it could be better like that. This is like, you know, path nowhere. It's like someone who's 
stands in front of a park and decides, do you want to go barefoot? Or would you like to wear flip-flops? Or would you like to wear high-heeled shoes? Or maybe running shoes? Or boots? Or maybe one boot on one foot and a high-heeled <laughs> shoe on the other foot? <laughs> or you can keep changing it. This is what the thinking mind does. You never go anywhere, you just keep changing your shoes. <laughs> and complaining about the set you've got. It's really, so you can go barefoot if you like, or high-heeled shoes if you want, or sandals is okay. Just keep walking, you know. <laughs> and some a bit more uncomfortable than others, but, you know, path is most important. Yeah, so we say, okay, the feeling's not so comfortable. Look at the way the path's going, yeah. Does it lead to a wholesome mind state? Way down there, maybe a little bit far off. Yeah. It's a bit in the future, but it's not that far off, actually. Because once you get on the right track, you get, you know, it's the feeling, whatever it is, if you're on the right track, your wisdom will arise because you're thinking, is this the right track? And you're looking for the signs. Does this take me deeper into the jungle? Or does it take me out? You begin to check that out. This is taking me into a pit. This is taking me to a bog. Yeah. This is taking me to a tiger's den. No, this is taking me somewhere a bit fresher, different, open, more possibility. I'll check it out. And as you do that, you recognize the supports come in because once we cultivate that skillfulness, what we didn't remember, what we forgot, is when you cultivate skillfulness, suddenly things start happening. You get these, if you like, deva experiences, like with a sense of faith arises rather than just ideas. A sense of uplift arises. Yeah. You get something like that. You get a sense of um, dignity. I'm clear about what I'm doing. I'm not just stumbling around in the dark, making a clear step. You get a sense of confidence arises. Now these qualities begin to cluster around any skillful heart. We don't necessarily know that they're thinking minds until you do it do it and you begin to sense well it's shaky but I'm feeling definitely a little more real and connected and the energy I'm getting bringing forth as is noble is aspiring I'll keep checking it out but this looks like it's going the right way and you trust the felt sense in the heart rather than what your eyes are telling you or what even your storehouse of perceptions tells you the memories that you've stored up tell you. Because we learn most of our messages, most of our perceptions were established on, you know, the messages coming from a life of sensuality, materialism, and consumerism. That's where the messages came from. <laughs> materiality, consumerism, sensuality. Uh, we live inside a body and when we die that's the end of it yeah? so you've got to keep this going as long as possible yeah? so all the messages we receive came from that, that understanding which is ignorant <laughs> but our sense of what's agreeable and disagreeable comfortable and uncomfortable the old perceptions are established on the wrong foundation Or maybe not completely wrong, but there's some errors in that. So, so naturally, it feels odd, it feels awkward, it feels confusing, it feels unusual at first. But then you tune into what not just the message is coming to you, but the resonance in your heart from what you're doing right now, rather than what you're remembering what you're comparing it with, what you think you should be, where this fits your mindset. 
you're referring to the wrong things referring to what in it, what's coming in your heart right now what's the energy that's arising in your heart right now yeah it's courageous yeah. resilient yeah. noble worthy honourable okay this is no numbers in it <laughs> but don't trust the numbers <laughs> Okay, well, start with this and see where it goes. So one establishes that, and you begin to bear that in mind. You're mindful of that. You establish that, and this is felt. So Buddha says, you know, you can't rely upon feeling by itself. Some feeling may be pleasant, but take you to an unskillful place. Some feelings may be pleasant, but take you to, an, to a pleasant, uh, skillful place. Some may be unpleasant in the beginning, but take you to a skillful place. Some feelings may be unpleasant and take you to an unskillful place. So how do you know? Well, you don't you trust the immediate feeling exactly, but you begin to notice, is this con- feeling conjoined? with sensuality that will create a big bias goes in the wrong direction because this sense world is something we don't own we don't belong here it's, a, it's a, like a clothing we put on for 50, 60, 80 years then we're going to throw it off we can't take it with you so this is just a cloak sense world very convincing are you getting messages from that you're looking up your own sleeve then what's the body underneath that clothing it's not that far away then we have what's called the feeling associated with the material world samisa literally associated with flesh, materiality and we get nirāmisā feeling associated with non-sensuality check it out what's feeling associated with non-sensuality? the feeling that arises when the mind enters is touched by lingers in flows along with the quality of goodwill, generosity, respect, you know the story. Naturally we can manifest those through the material world, they don't arise there. They arise from the immaterial. And they're not just ideas, they're definitely energies that can move us. And there's more of them. You know, in fact, the Buddha Dhamma is clusters of these skillful Dhammas. Of course, when you read the words, you get quite confused. There's so many things you have to think about and learn because the words are not the thing in itself. They're just words. So you can say the word metta, karuli, udhidharapega, uh, indriyas, uh, balas, uh, bojangas. You have all the lists down. <laughs> You might as well be mumbling a shopping list. <laughs> you take one and you unpack it and get to what does that contain and feel it in your heart. But even one of them you can rely upon. Even one, let alone 37 or how many ever skillful factors the Buddha mentioned, because they all, in a sense, a heart picks up. Yeah, I can move with this. And it's taking, you know, the, any energy, any sankara, any formulation that comes from that in terms of behaviour or one's way of thinking will move towards a skillful mind state. Eventually, these skillful mind states become reference points that also get established. So then, instead of referring to, yeah, what do I want? I don't know what she doing, I don't see why she's doing. One here called patience. Let's go there. 
oh yeah, oh, all right, everything cools down, things are okay, the agitation stops. Yeah. 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 So, right? And you've got to, so you've got reference points you can rely upon. <coughs> they were generated from your chitta. You definitely felt them, they're not just ideas blowing around in the wind. The important thing is to feel them, not just to mumble the words. This is a process of recollection. You take something like that and you take it in deeply and unpack it. Try to get, what does that feel like to you? Any images? Any memories that remind you of that? <clears throat> How does it feel when someone is generous to you? Bad? No. Perhaps you didn't notice it. Perhaps your mind was looking elsewhere. Perhaps you're thinking about whether you're good enough. He gave me this thing, I'm not really good enough. She was so nice to me because she doesn't know what an idiot I am. You know, you get one of these self-destruction kind of sankharas that continually cuts your own legs away. Somebody's kind to you, you think they're deluded. <laughs> or they want something back. You know, so you feel funny. So when you get one of those, you know, you've got some enemies built in, you've got some cancer. <laughs> but this cancer can be removed. Just accept the fact there is good will. And how it feels. You don't have to justify it, or whose it is, or own it, or it's because I'm such a great person, or am I good enough? Stop that. This is called the measuring mind. Stop the measuring mind and just feel the thing. And then you do it, you feel it, and then you feel the feeling. What has to happen is heart rises and it generally wants to do something back. Now I want to I want to express that to somebody else, somewhere or another. You enter the feedback loop of generating skillful karma. And it grows. Eventually that becomes more established than the old Who's better? Does it deserve this? How much does it cost? Is it necessary? What does she mean by that? You know, this kind of stuff. You know. They clear out these kind of sad, depressed um, mental positions. This is certainly you know, something to work on, particularly when you get one of these nasty things buzzing in your head that sounds like you. <laughs> Nagging critical voice. No, you're not this, you're not that, you can't do this, you can't do that. <laughs> kind of like, this is cancer talking. <laughs> okay, cancer. What would you like today, cancer? <laughs> what would you like? Huh? What do you mean, what do I like? You're not good enough. What would you like? They talk directly to this kind of nagging voice, say, Hello, nagging voice. Nice to meet you today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. How do you feel today? <laughs> the point of wasting your time saying this silly thing. Okay. Hello, how are you? <laughs> so you just keep talking to it and go, <laughs> Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> So you can you know, generate this kind of loving kindness. Eventually, the cancer starts to kind of dissolve, <laughs> dissolve, because it can't get any food. <laughs> I don't. You don't have to be good enough. I don't care whether you're good enough or not. I'm still going to love you anyway because <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, so you know, then this becomes really, really essential to remove these, these terrible growths that occur through these defective sankharas. Anyone who relieves themselves of these pain-inducing formations is doing themselves a huge amount of, me- of benefit, they become agreeable to themselves, they become agreeable to others, when they're certainly going to be going on to good places in this life and the next. Can't be any other way. How could it go any other way?
we can't see with our eyes. Lots of things we can't see with our eyes. But your heart, you, know, you feel confident. This is this is going the right way. That's all I need to know. So check the feeling. Yeah. Of course, there are things that occur in the heart, such as ill will, sour, twisted, bitter, smoky, passion, fire, blazing. So if you really, instead of listening to what it says, listen, feel the energy of it. Whoa. Oof, whoa. This one, you know, rather than follow where the smoke is taking you to, to his fault and her fault, and this isn't that, and this is the other, you go back to where's, where's the fire that caused that smoke? Your will. Okay. So that's what's called Yogisomunisikara, going back to the heart, to the root. And this is where we just need that quality of virata, cool, non reactive. Breathing into it, spaciousness, just a little bit of good will, yeah. just enough to just put out this fire, clear the smoke. Yeah. Yeah. This is certainly not an immediate one click solution, but it works in the long run. You do it, some of these old, very old encrusted habits get worn away a little at a time through regular careful attention. What else is there to do? You want to die sick or do you want to go well? It's as simple as that. Medicine you have it. Keep flying it.